Today we start a new series called Be Still. Be Still. How many, I'm going to stand up here today, how many of you know how difficult it would be for me to stand right here the entire time? Uh, it's be very, very difficult. I, I, I have trouble standing still. How many others have trouble simply being still? If you were, if you were called just to, to sit in a chair somewhere, not do anything. That means not watch TV, not read a book, not listen to music, just sit still Physically and, and mentally still, how, how, how many of you would have difficulty doing that? How many of you think that sounds like a great vacation? Yeah. I think it does too. I think it sounds awesome. It, 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 I mean, on paper, being still, it would be an amazing thing. The difficulty is that I can't just be still. Life is full of movement. And movement isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we don't want to stop moving and simply just veg out. If we hear of someone doing that and just laying there all the time, we'd say, well, you need to get up and you need to do something, right? But the, the problem is that movement in and of itself, it is exhausting, both physically exhausting and mentally exhausting. And it can be paralyzing. If we just continue to, to do and to do and to do and we get into this routine where we're just trying to do more and move more and, and, and go and, and achieve more, but then, I don't know about you, but sometimes I realize that I'm just doing and doing and doing and I'm not really getting anywhere. Has anyone else ever come to that realization as well? Sometimes I'm just in this, this frazzled state of mind. I'm just trying to do more and more and more. And it's not really achieving the results that I want it to achieve. And I'm not really getting anywhere. We lay down at night. And thoughts continue to race in our minds. Things that we could have or should have done today. Who's with me? Things that we need to do tomorrow. I'm a list maker. Sometimes it will be two in the morning and I'll wake up and something will come to my mind. My list is on my phone. And so I turn on my phone and I start to add that to my list. And then I find that, that, that I've gotten a text just after I, I trailed off to sleep. And so I read that and then I start to think about that. And then I'm up for the rest of the night thinking and, and acting and moving and then the next day, middle of the day, I realize I'm exhausted. And I just wish I could take a nap, but I, don't, I, I can't take a nap because I have so many other things on my mind. You with me? We try to go to sleep at night, but thoughts keep racing in our mind. 40-hour weeks become 60-hour weeks and then 80-hour weeks. Responsibilities continue to pile up. Relationships are in trouble. Families are falling apart. Our children are in danger. Our nation is in disagreement. 
Conflicts continue around the world. We need help, so we run. We need security, so we work harder. We don't have all the answers, so we worry even more. And yet, through all of this, God calls out to us with two words. He says, be still. Just be still. Do you know how aggravating it is when I'm worked up in a tizzy and someone just tells me, just, just be still? I think my, my, my wife, she knows better than to say that when I get all worked up. Oh, just, just be quiet. Just calm down. I say that to her, but she wouldn't dare say that to me, right? And I don't know why she gets upset when I say it to her. Just calm down. It's okay. But God, see, he calls out to us with those two words. Be still. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm chapter 46. That's where we find God calling out to us with these words. Psalm chapter 46. And we're just going to read the entire psalm this morning. Be still. So the next time you see me running around the church or doing something that that probably does not matter in the eternal scheme of things, just stop me and tell me to be still. But make sure that I'm in the right mindset and the right mode and that I remember what it is I'm preaching on today because if you say that on the wrong day of the week, I'm probably going to flash you a dirty look. Because I don't like to be still. It's a discipline, though, that is worth relearning. Here's what Psalm 46 says about it. God is our refuge and strength. Can I get an amen to that? God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea... Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, how many of us would be afraid? Right? See, that's the human side of us. But but the writer of Psalms here, he says, Psalm 46 here, he says, I will not fear, even if the whole earth is falling apart, and nothing in life makes sense. I'm not going to be afraid. Why? Come back to verse 1. God is my refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts up his voice and the earth melts. Verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations that He has brought upon the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. 
The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen? Life is full of movement. Things to do. Responsibilities to handle. People to take care of. Relationships to be nurtured. And yet, God calls us to be still. Life is full of people, rather, that demand our attention. Give me a show of hands here. How many of you have people that demand your attention? Praise the Lord, right? It's good that we have people that demand our attention at times. And then at times it's just exhausting, right? Obligations that demand our allegiance. And God calls us to be still, be still, be still. But I don't want to be still, God. I'm your hands and I'm your feet and I'm your mouthpiece. If, if, if I don't do it, if I, if I just be still, if I just quiet down and, and sit down for a little, who's going to do all this? God says, be still. I handled it before. I'm going to handle it long after. Just be still. Yeah, but while I'm here today, God, you don't understand. I've got things to do, right? I think it's at those times God calls out, at least he calls out to me. How are you going to do them without a deep and profound connection to me? And you're trying, and I, I, I often, I don't, I don't know about you, most of you are just holy and perfect. I often, I know you, Margaret, and so I, I, I often jump in and start doing and doing and doing. And then God calls me back and he says, I didn't ask you to do all that. Just be still. Just be still. God's call to be still is a call to physical stillness and mental Stillness. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And I can give that an amen. And then I can walk out of this sanctuary and I can get back to work. Be still and know that I am God. This is not simply a request by God, from God. No, this is a command by, by the almighty, all, the all-knowing, all-present God. The one that spoke life into existence. You think God doesn't have things to do? And yet he too took a Sabbath where he sat back and looked at it and said, It is good. It is very, very good. Be still and know that I am God. This is a command from God and, you ready for this, it's a promise by God. This promise begins with the term refuge. I love that term. It's, it's peppered throughout the book of Psalm reminding us that who God is. God is a shelter in the time of storm. Amen? 
God is a helper when we don't know what to do or where to go. God is our complete and total strength when we cannot take another step. When we cannot speak another word, God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. How many of you have ever been in trouble? Yeah. Two, three, four. All right, four people. We'll talk about honesty next week. (laughs) Trouble. I said uh, recently to a young man, uh, young boy, I said, imagine a day in which you don't get in any trouble. Imagine a day you don't get in any trouble. Imagine a day in which you are not disrespectful or disobedient. Imagine a day. See, we could all do that. We could all take that exercise. As I was speaking these words to this young man, I thought, oh my goodness, somebody needs to say this to me. Imagine the day where you didn't get in any trouble. I like that. I could take that. See, but when we're in trouble, how many of us try to handle it ourselves? We just try to jump in. God, I, I got this. I don't want to bother God with it because it's not that big of a deal yet. I'm going to give it a couple of weeks of my working on it. Then it will be a big deal. And I really would have messed it all up. Then I'll take it to God and I'll say, hey God, you really got to clean up my mess. Instead of just taking it to him on day one and saying, God, I, I really have this need in my life. And I, I, I think I have the answers, but I'm not sure. So can you just take this and, and, and look it over? You ever have somebody look over your paper? Yeah, tell me, tell me if I proofread this. Praise the Lord for Darlene who proofreads my stuff often. Unless it's misspelled and then I didn't take it to her. But I think, what trouble do we have in this world that God cannot handle? Somebody name something that, that's too big for God to handle. We're hard pressed, aren't we? Give us some time. Give us some thought this next week. Because we often take a lot of things in our life and then we come to that realization that there's nothing God can't handle. We can bring anything to God who is our refuge, our strength, our ever-present, oh, I love that, ever-present help in times of trouble. He is our hiding place, our source of power, our source of help at all times. And he says to us, here's the assignment, here's the command, and here's the promise, be still. Just relax. Only in stillness with God will you find the peace and the power and the protection and the promises of God. Those things that you need the most right now. They can only be found in stillness with Him, in oneness with Him. When we just take a step back from our daily duties, the things that, that, that demand of our time and our attention and our, our, our responsibilities, if we just step back and we say, God, I just need some time with you. I just need to sit with you for a little while and I need to just relax and to focus on your presence and be reminded that you are my refuge, that you are my ever-present help in times of trouble. 
I just need to be still and know that you are God. Therefore, we will not fear, verse 2 says, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. See, God is our refuge in the face of total destruction. He's not some temporary retreat where we can go and, 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 and simply hide out in, in Him for a little while and He says, you know what, your 48 hours are done, so now go back out into the world. You've got to leave my presence. Stop hiding here. Get out there and, and get to work. No, God says He is an eternal refuge. A place that we can seek security and comfort and that we can find rest in Him always. Our eternal refuge who can provide that strength in any and every situation that we find ourselves in. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, be still. Be still. Some of you said you've already said that. Yes, God says it so many times and yet it doesn't sink in, does it? Just be still. Only in stillness with God will we find out that He is in, and be confirmed rather, that He is in complete control. Just step back and relax. So often before the, the service starts, um, on Sunday mornings, I often, I intend to have these profound and, and prolonged periods of prayer with the Lord. But then I find that people start to come and I start to remember things that I should have done, could have done. And so I start running around I've got to do this, and I've got to do this. People are going to, the, the, the church is going to fill up here in just a few minutes, so I've got to, I've got to finish all of these things, unless, and, and if I don't, see, then the service won't go well, and maybe God's Spirit won't show up. That was sarcasm, if you didn't catch it. This morning, I, uh, I stole away. I was sitting in my office. I shut the door, and I sat there. It's glorious. It's wonderful. Then I heard the door open outside my office, and I thought, oh no, somebody's coming. And at that moment, I was reminded, which we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, that just as Jesus often stole away for, for, for silence, and, and, and he, he stole away to get off by himself, he was often interrupted, wasn't he? And Jesus took a deep breath, and he says, it's back to the ministry at hand. See, so often I think we're stepping into the ministry that's at hand, the responsibilities, the obligations that are before us, and then when we have that extra minute, then we say, okay, well, I guess I can pray now. I think we've gotten it all backwards. And so what I hope to do over the next few weeks is to help us get back into realignment with God and relearn this discipline of what it means to really be still with God and still in His presence because I think that's why so many of our lives and our faith in Jesus has been shaken is because we've gotten our priorities all mixed up and we're giving God the leftovers instead of what He has requested 
Only in stillness with God will we find that peace, that power, that protection, and the promises of God. Be still, he says in verse 10, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Notice this is where, if you reread this psalm again, this is where the psalmist breaks from the, the narrative and he breaks in with, the, with, with a quote from the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. God's call to be still is not simply a physical stillness. It is also a mental Stillness. We must be still. As difficult as that is, we've got to be physically still sometimes. And I also believe that we need to be mentally still. And that mental stillness is the second half of that where he says, be still and know that I am God. If I did a poll of our church and ask, do you know that God is God? I think hands down, I hope hands down, I believe hands down, we would say, well, yes, of course, God is God, right? I know he's the almighty. We could, we could come up with, with a page and more of who we believe God is and what he can achieve, but then we get distracted, and I think that's the problem. We get distracted, and we get wrapped up in our, in our daily lives and we don't acknowledge God as God at all points and in all things. Be still, he says. Only in stillness with God will we find that peace, that power, that protection, and the promises of God. I say again, be still. It is a discipline, at least for me. It is a discipline that is worth relearning. Be still. And so for the next few weeks, we're just going to talk about what it means to be still. We're going to look at some accounts of, of people that, that, that God called to be still. We're going to look at the life of Jesus here in a couple of weeks, and we're going to look at the stillness that he embodied in his life, and what this discipline looks like lived out in a, in a, a man who was uh, not only demanded of, but sought out daily, hourly, to do the miraculous, and yet he still found time to be still. So we're going to be looking at that over the course of the next few weeks. And to anyone who is interested, we have a 28-day devotional. It's a prayer. It's got some scripture to go with it. And then just a, a daily thought or question to, uh, to help us relearn this great discipline of being still. I've got some of those out on the Welcome Center. Where they're also available through our website. Or if you're on the Bible app today, it is there. You can click on that link and see what that devotional is. So as we end our service today, we're going to end in a way that might be uncomfortable for some. I'm going to read a prayer, and then we're simply going to be still. And we're going to... Start today to relearn what this looks like. <clears throat> God, my life is full of movement. Help me to be still.
My life is full of people that demand my attention. My day is full of obligations that demand my allegiance. Help me to be still and know that you are God. You deserve my attention and my ultimate allegiance. Remind me that you are with me and that you love me. Let me let that knowledge direct my steps today.